You're listening to Faith and Fostering, the podcast where people of faith chat about foster care in the Australian context to encourage, edify and educate others along the journey. Thanks for joining us on Faith and Fostering today. This is actually part two of an interview with Kimberly Smith that we're looking at today. So if you haven't heard last week's episode, then I want to suggest you press stop right now. Go back and have a listen to that that episode so that you will have some context for how we continue the discussion today. Let's hear the rest of our interview with Kimberly Smith. All right, and we're back with Kimberly Smith and chatting with her about her uh, backfilling yes. and retraining of her her foster kids brain basically mm. that's what we've been talking about it's funny actually when you were talking before about training in dependence you know if you could just learn this if you could just learn this then you'd have other things that yes. you could start to look at uh it made me think about um god actually yeah because right. he must think the same thing about us right oh, if you would just learn that you could rely oh, on me the number of just... times i'm thinking oh god like i'm so sorry because this is me isn't it like yeah <laughs> yeah like yeah remember I, I think i've told you that before too mm. Mm. Yes. Mm. yes this is how but pathetic we're talking about we me are. we're talking about the foster kids so <laughs> if you could just focus there that'd be great <laughs> yeah absolutely but it's true I, mm. I really do think that he must look at us and go come on just learn yeah. it just learn it yeah because it would be so much easier for you i remember a preacher saying one time the the quickest way through a problem is just to agree with God you know like yes I am dumb I need you to teach me (laughs) yes I have pride let's get rid of it you know rather than no I'm not prideful you know I'm not impatient we sort of fight him fight against it yeah this preacher's like just agree and move on I feel like that a little bit with in foster care like if you could just agree with this if you could just grab this we could just move on so yes exactly 100% yeah that's good so um when you were talking before you were alluding to um in those times of conflict, those moments where you feel the hurt and you mm-hmm. feel the pain of various things that she says or does. Mm-hmm. Um, and it stands out to me as being one of those things that it's worth kind of um, spending some time on and mm-hmm. digging into a little bit because I think this is one of those areas where foster carers don't really talk that much. They mm-hmm. might talk with their uh, their closest friends about how they're feeling about um their foster situation mm. what's said or what's done uh some of the behaviors and it w- and the way that it makes them feel but in a mm. lot of ways because we sort of do the training and we jump into the situation it was our decision to do yeah. it yeah um there's that degree to which we go well suck it up you're the adult yeah. and so you're not meant to have any feelings and mm. you're not meant to have any reactions or responses and you're just meant to be a bigger person mm. suck it up and get on with it mm. um so in the midst of this, because you're talking lots about training your mm. girl and um, reframing her, well, rewiring her brain mm. really, to trust you, to depend on you and to deal with conflict in a healthy way, how do you do that when you're human mm. and you have your own reactions and responses and genuine hurt yeah. about things that happen? How do you manage yourself? Well, sometimes I don't. <laughs> Oh, often I don't manage myself well. Um, are you ready to receive my confession? Heather? Absolutely. Is this the I moment am. that yep, we do this? This is just between you and me, right? No one else is going to hear this. <laughs> I'll just go and get my dog collar yeah, and, you can, yeah. right. <laughs> and just like take on a serious repose. Um, I, I think, like, as you say, it, it's real. Like, the emotional um, reality is that it hurts, it's hard. <laughs> um, and as you say, um, which you notice that not other people, people other don't notice this, that I am human. Like I've not managed to convince other people I'm not, but you've seen right through to my soul <laughs> and recognise my humanity. Um, but I am, and like 
I mean, I have days, you know, I have needs, I have tiredness, I have, you know, my own sort of processes. And so there's times where I'm better and worse um, at that. But but the reality is that um, I feel like she has the power to hurt me in a way, you know, that I don't get hurt anywhere else. Like, you know, because there's a vulnerability and an openness, she's in my home, you know, she's right here you know and and so um and I think both she's not aware of that power all the time and then sometimes she is and she uses it well you know and um and so I mean there's there's probably I think sitting in the background for all foster carers it might just be me I'll speak on my own behalf it is this sort of sense that this costs me a lot to do this you know I've cho- I'm I'm, I've changed my life to be this for you, you know. So there's an almost an extra um, something on the t- weight on the t- you know on the table of like, please don't hurt me for it. <laughs> you know, yes, like, like it cost me a whole lot of other things. Surely it doesn't have to cost me a piece of my heart every time we have these hard interactions. So I think um, there's a there's a constant for me a constant mental wrestle with speaking truths to myself about what's happening here. And I, I had a friend once say to me, you know, I don't, she's not rejecting you, she's protecting her. You know, just little language sort of cues like that that, are, that help you because, you know, you feel that rejection and the instant, the normal, you know, natural sort of first up response is to be hurt by that and to to want to protect myself in that or even defend myself by being on the attack, you know, in like, yeah. how dare you kind of, you know, like um, get back here kind of thing. Um, whereas, you know, to speak, in, to say, actually, she's, that's not about you. That's about her, you know, like reframe what, um, but f- one of my strengths in so many other places in my life, except this one is how fast I think and how quickly I speak. <laughs> It comes in really handy in a lot of other places, but not there <laughs> because <laughs> the, the, the doesn't, you know, I speak too fast and I say what I think first, which is probably not the best thing to say. And, but it, then it's said, and now you're recovering that and, you know, just layering up. So another part of my internal talk is just sort of slowing, trying to slow myself down, you know, to, um, yeah, not saying <laughs> what I think, um, I'm, I've discovered, I think I knew this about myself, but as I've been parenting, like I'm so sarcastic and sarcasm is terrible as a parenting tool. <laughs> like it's just awful. Like, because it doesn't matter if it's sarcastic, the words get said, you know, that there's, they get, and they're not normally pleasant, you know, because you're sort of going for the funny or the, or the hit, you know, by sort of flipping it around to its worst case scenario and, Oh yeah, yeah. Because I do want to be left here alone by myself. Thanks for that, you know, or something. It's like, what? It's, that's a stupid thing to have out in the air, you know, like that. Um, and also, f- then as we've just explained, we, I'm dealing with somebody who doesn't have the emotional maturity and intelligence to actually process that to its rightful place either. You know, that's sarcasm. I don't need to respond to that. I can yeah, let yeah. me file that under S. You know, it doesn't. So yeah, there's a whole lot of, um, um, and it is about having my own sort of mental loops of what I'm saying to myself um, in those moments. But for the most part, like I, it, it just is, it's just hard. Like, and the number of times, you know, I, I just hold it together until I get her into bed <laughs> and then I just have to 
you know, like I've got to have a bit of a cry, you know, ugly cry sort of process thing to, because as I said before, it's not helpful for me to emote that strongly with her and, but to, but it has to come out somewhere and somehow. And, um, and then I think for me, just recognizing more and more and more that I have to be uh, in a healthy place myself. Like I have to be emotionally strong, you know, and so that means I have to be doing the work that fills my tank, you know, that keeps me sustained in my relationship with God and, and, you know, that sort of private um, discipline, but also I'm an extrovert and need people. And if I don't have people, I do bat more, you know, damage in those, you know, I'm more likely to handle them badly than, than well if I'm under par, you know, so one of the, the sort of strategies is, has, and I'm not good at it and it's been hard in lockdowns and all that sort of stuff and trying to, you know, recalibrate all of that sort of thing, but is actually having enough things in my world that mean I'm as strong as I can be to present to her. You know, when I show up in a conversation or a conflict, I'm my the best version of me, not the depleted, needy, <laughs> um, you know, um, broken version of me, you know, that, that, that I'm sort of a bit more, yeah, more full, I guess. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it's really interesting. The, um, I think the that sense of us recognizing, knowing ourselves, mm. recognizing who we are and how we respond and how we react um, is really important for figuring out then how to do it better. Mm. I'm I'm a sarcastic person too, and mm. I can be a sarcastic <laughs> mum. And I didn't realize how unhelpful that was until my daughter started to say like use the same language yeah. back to me that's um, awful why are you speaking like that it's like don't <laughs> say that, that. <laughs> exactly no we just learned it from the best yeah um yeah but those wounds that stay there um because like dealing with it having an ugly cry going mm. okay you know reframing it and understanding it's it's from her it's because she's protecting herself mm. rather than trying to wound you etc cetera, etc cetera, are there do you ever feel like you have those sentences that stay there and 10 years from now you'll still hear them? Yeah, I Or can you release them? Um, hmm. I feel like if in 10 years she's really healthy and good and we've got a great relationship, they'll be gone. <laughs> but I think if, the, you know, like, do you know what I mean? I think, yeah. you know, that the goodness of something else would replace that. Um, but for now there's, there's several that resonate, you know, or at least sort of attitudes, you know, that are there, um, disappointments that are there. It may not be specific language, but it certainly is, is very specific feelings, you know, of what I, what I felt in, in those moments. And, um, particularly when there's a sense that they were deliberate, you know, when she's, um, it's not sort of accidental and you know a lack of intelligence and you know awareness and those sorts of things I and just didn't say that yeah it was actually... didn't sort of join the dots properly and it, what or I've misread it or something like that but where she's just deliberately done or said something that she knows is going to score a point um, I think those are the things that are probably um, sustained but I think I, I genuinely think that for the difficulty that it is and for I'm going to get emotional, but that's okay. Um, and for how 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 often I know I don't do well, I think that will be what I remember more. Yeah. Um, is the that, pressure on yourself? Is that I didn't 
give her the chance to do better than that which hurt me. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like that recognising that I was I was the one shaping that the environment where she said that or where she did that, you know, that I had more, like I was the adult, um, you know, I'm the person who could have made that a different um a different conversation or have a different outcome. I think I feel like I would remember that more, you know, yeah, wow. like the me bit of that rather than the hair. And because she has more excuses than me, <laughs> you know, she, like I said, I'm the adult, she's a child, <laughs> she's had the traumatic upbringing, you know, that, um, you know, she's the one who lives in uncertainty because I know that I know that I'm going to look after her well all the time, but she d- doesn't know that, you know, so I've, I, I have the power, like I know the things that she doesn't know. Um, and I can sort of see into the future more than she can. And so, I, yeah, I think that I will remember more that um, the the thing that I said that sparked that or the ungracious way I responded to the thing that you yeah. know, then escalated or the fact that in that moment I was so – I was needing more from her than I should have. You know, like that yep. rather than giving to her. Like I was waiting for her to meet a need in me rather than and, – and I think that's been a really significant learning in terms of, as I, I said about, you know, that's needing that sense of fullness elsewhere because otherwise I need it from her and that's just not healthy. You know, yeah. like it needs yep. my sense of um, of joy and satisfaction and purpose and all those sorts of things needs to be well fulfilled outside of her because otherwise – you know, her response to what I cook for dinner suddenly has way more burden on it than it should and she doesn't know that and she shouldn't have to carry that, you know. that. Yep. Um, and so, yeah, I think that, that sense of um, of making sure that I'm not needing something from her and then the other thing is having people to talk to so that I don't say the things to her because there's a lot of things that sometimes I say to her because no one else is there to hear them (laughs) as a sole carer and they have to be said, like, my mind's about to explode or my heart's about to explode with them. Um, And, yeah, it's it's just not helpful at all, you know. And I remember remember last time when we were speaking – you were talking about how you have that time with your mum where you chat every morning yeah. on the phone yeah. and sort of offload and yeah. <laughs> all of these things. And so having that outlet, I think, is yeah. really helpful. Yeah. Um, gosh, we're complex. Yeah. We're complex, aren't we? Yeah. Um, just because, you know, yeah, we're doing this thing and we're doing it, we want to do this thing mm. um, for this person and make their life better. But as you say, and I, I love the language that you used before because so often I think when people say, um, I don't want them treating me this way because it's cost me a lot. Yeah, it ends up coming out as, can't you see what I'm doing for you? Yeah, as opposed to what you've said as, I don't want to also have have it cost my heart. Yeah, and that's really the depths of it. It's not. It's not that it costs. Mm. It's that. It's not that I, I don't want to give of myself. Yeah, it's just I don't want to be hurt as well in the process <laughs> yeah. as I do these sacrificial things for you, which I think is a really good way to articulate yeah. it. Um, but just recognising as well, like the people who are closest to us wound us mm. the most. Mm. And and I think probably most people would fall into the category of saying, um, as I was suggesting before, the kind of person who remembers the thing that was said and it wounds them for a really long period of time. Mm. They'll remember it in 10 years. Uh, even if even if the person who said it comes back and says, oh, no, I didn't mean yeah, that. that's no, not what well, I said. Actually... <laughs> it wounded yeah. and there's a gaping hole yeah. there or as you say 
in your situation, remembering your response mm. or remembering the, the environment that you created. And we we hold on to either one of mm. those things. And I think there's an opportunity, even if we recognize this, and, and you know, just for a moment, if I can sidestep mm. into that sort of devotional space, yeah. because I think even as we're talking about these things, they're real. Mm. And it, it really happens. Like it's not, you know, we can pretend like we mm. just get on and do this job and we're the adult yeah. and we're the parent and all of that kind of stuff. But the reality is it comes fraught with landmines yeah. of the heart. Yeah. And... Um, and to recognize I am actually somebody that takes things to heart mm. and I hold on to them mm. and I nurse them and um, I don't know how to release them. To recognize that or to recognize on your side, mm. I'm someone who holds myself accountable mm. and I remember the things I did wrong and I remember the times I made the mistakes. And to bring those actually to the foot of the cross and mm. to go, Lord, can you actually just take them, take these burdens mm. away from me, Feel like this. just remove them off my shoulders mm. because we tend to punish ourselves for far longer than we mm. need to <laughs> when really it's a burden that we should be able to release yeah. because we don't want to hold on to that stuff that's going to weigh us down and, and hold us back for years to come. Um, and I, I, I just think that's a really important thing for us to be able to do, even to recognise, you know, um, at the end of the day when you're having your ugly mm. cry, <laughs> yeah, I'm releasing the emotion here. Yeah. But also, Lord, can you take Heal the actual it. event yeah. away? Can yeah. you know? Can you remove the trauma mm. of this moment from my mind, from mm. my heart, and from my soul, so that I can move on tomorrow with a clean slate? Mm. And yeah, it's, it's gone. You know, yeah. I think that that is a really helpful thing, just even to pause and recognise that yeah, we can do. Great. Yeah, I speak to a number of carers who who do carry trauma like and that's what that's the language yeah. they would use yep. for their experience of caring for someone with trauma <laughs> you know yeah, because it is they've traumatic. been traumatized by yeah. the trauma response of the uh, yeah it's it's real and i find one of the challenging things cuz i've you know been quite open about my journey and trying to share it with other people or hoping to encourage people into the space but also just so that the support's there and, and I know that I have a really big network of people who pray for me they don't even know them really but they they pray for us but um the the thing that we often see about foster care because as an idea it's brilliant like if you're caring for a child in need that's that's awesome like you're great you know and and so the encouragement comes but um but sometimes and I was just sharing this with my mum in one of our conversations on the weekend um but where I actually when people say you're doing so well, like, you know, you're changing your life and you're like this sort of thing. Um, I feel almost misunderstood when they make me see, when they speak about me in a way that I know is not true. You know, like for them to say, I'm excellent at this. I know I'm not like I was there this morning. I was there yesterday. You know, I, I heard what I said, you know, I heard what I, you know, I, I saw how that went down and um, you know, the, the whole thing of, the big picture of foster care being a good thing doesn't actually change the fact that within it, like you said, we're humans and, you know, there's some fallibility. And and honestly, I don't know if I've completely changed their life. Like it, it's not a given, is it? I mean, we hear horrible stories of, of kids that are just so in the pattern of trauma and, and you know, bonded to, to the – the things that they've experienced that it doesn't necessarily break, you know? and so I, it can't, that can't be like your assumption that I've changed her life forever isn't actually the reality of what I'm experiencing today. Which is, I just want to do better today for her. Like I just want to not be as cranky with her as I was yesterday, or I want to show her, you know, a glimpse of God's love in a way that 
just breaks through something, you know, not big picture, good job, foster care, fixed everything, go Kim. You know, yeah. like it's sort of because it feels like there's just so much more nuance to what's happening um, in there. And I think those supporting foster care, it's, it's, it's a good thing, as you say. I don't know that we often get the chance to really confess how hard, you know, or how yeah. bad we've done. Or, day to day. Um, yeah. and, and maybe that's true for for bio parents too, that we're not that great at sort of saying, oh, I lost it with my kid today and I just got it wrong. You know, like do we have people that we tell those stories to that allow that to escape from, as you were saying, from being held on to because we don't tell anyone and it's sort of almost our secret shame that in behind closed doors we're not as perfect as, you, you know, we look like out yeah. in the real world where all of us know what we're like behind closed doors. So the assumption could be that most other people have something that's happening behind their closed doors that we don't see too, but Absolutely. we sort of hold this, this image-carrying idea of, um, yeah, putting our best foot forward. But. Yeah. Being able to recognise that meta view you know, this is where I'm going, this is yeah. where the destination is, but we're going to walk through some valleys mm. on the way, we're going to stub our toe, yeah. we're going to do a whole lot of things that just are day-to-day rubbish, mm. boring, feel insignificant, and sometimes downright yeah. hard, where yeah. we totally miss the boat. Yeah. But then also recognising that mm. there's going to be mountaintop experiences yeah. where we just yeah. came into our own yeah. and we crushed it. Mm. And that's the nice thing about this conversation. We started yeah. with you going, essentially telling us your superpower, yeah. <laughs> which is I know how to backfill the stories mm. for foster kids that they've missed out on because they didn't have those formative years with their parents. Mm. Um, but also I feel like every other day mm. <laughs> I feel yeah. like I failed in some way. Yeah. And that's the journey of foster care. Yeah. I mean, it's it's... It is. It's up and down. Mm. But I think part of the um, part of being a healthy parent in any situation is recognizing this is where I'm really good. Mm. This is where I can crush it. Mm. I'm really good at this. I'm. This Le- is my strength. To that, I'm yeah. brilliant. And these are the areas where I just suck. Mm. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I am terrible with babies. I right. do not like babies, and I don't like babies because I didn't like parenting. I didn't like being a mother to my own babies right. when I had them um you know god bless their cotton socks I love them to bits but when so I they had raised them, themselves is that what happened? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> like you know I did my best yeah. and um as a mum and obviously you know we've I've I've got a gorgeous husband and their dad right next to them as well um and we're parenting together but as far as that age I couldn't reason with them mm. Why are you crying? I've done everything that I can think of to stop you crying and you're still crying and you can't tell me why. And I just don't like you. You're not a great conversationalist. (laughs) And so I came into my own when they sort of got to toddler age. Mm. Um, But I was pretty traumatized by that part of, you know, like bordering on on postnatal kind of stuff. Yeah. Because I just felt so out of control with and it. feeling the constant failure of, of That's that. right. Yeah. And so then you've got this whole thing of people going, oh, you know, you're a mum. Oh, it's oh. fantastic. Oh, how wonderful or whatever. And at the same time, you're, at, you're going, I don't like this. Yeah. And I think a lot of the time when people step into foster care, it's not, it's um, what I'm describing is not the same thing, but there is a degree to which you go, yeah, I made this decision to do this, mm. but there's a whole lot of baggage mm. that comes with it that's swirling around in my emotions and I've got to try and figure out how to walk around those landmines and get to that point of this is actually good overall Mm. 
even if it's really tough mm. day to day mm. because the each day is adding up to is something. adding to something <laughs> that's exactly right yeah so i think even just that dis- the discussion that we've had today that sort of covered all of those things yeah. i think is really helpful can we finish by um i would love to ask you what sort of advice um you could give as someone who's being really intentional in the way that you're parenting a teen in foster care mm. um just some helpful practical advice for people who've got teens in their house in that mm. uh, foster care environment who are dealing with this kind of lack of um, imprint yeah. from their younger years yeah what do you want to share I don't know if it's just because of my bent to loving to talk but I think over communicating you know like you you sorry rephrase you can never over communicate in you know the assumption that teens don't want to talk to us and they're not listening or whatever I think they need to hear from us because that's the only way you move something from an assumption to a truth or a reality you know that you you it's the only way that you find out what it is that what the internal narrative is that they're speaking to themselves is to actually bring it out loud (laughs) so that you can work out if you need to change it or affirm it or or whatever I think it has to be a lot of talking and that can't necessarily be directly you know, because of teenagers, it's, it's like the horse whisperer. Yes, I'd have to come up gently from, you know, don't startle them. Um, don't look them directly <laughs> in the eye. Um, but but I think, you know, taking opportunities to to give language to things that you see. It, it could even be in other people's responses and reactions, things that happen on TV or whatever. Oh, they must have been really scared because they've yelled, you know, or something. You know, so you're naming emotions and you're naming responses or um, just it's language. I think it just matters having, um, you know, behavioral phrases that you return back to whose side am I on? You know, um, the other, another one we use all the time is everything good is on the other side of hard. Like we're in the hard, but that's how we get to the good, you know, just, uh, just giving language to things in a way that, um, yeah, that can, that can clarify, but also bring what is sort of bubbling below the surface that we can't see. It brings it up to the I'm doing this because of this. Why are you doing that? <laughs> you know, like, um, and you sort of feel, like I say, you feel like a bit of a BBC narr- narration of your own life because it feels like you're speaking things that generally we don't speak, you know, like they're because we just do and assume and learn and, and morph. But when you're dealing with teenagers that haven't been in your home for the previous 12 years, um, I think you're sort of the catching up comes through language, I think. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, really good advice. Um, Thank you so much for everything that you've shared today, for your vulnerability and um, wisdom. Hmm. Wisdom is the word that comes to mind Hmm. for the stuff that you've shared. And I think there's some really, really helpful um, just concrete handles for people in how to navigate through some of this stuff. So um, we really appreciate your time and um, for you coming back and making the long trek to be here in person with me. (laughs) No worries. (laughs) It was great. So thanks heaps for um, Kimberly, and we'll be back with you next week. In the meantime, let's remember every child deserves a family. Love this podcast? If you're a regular listener of Faith and Fostering, please remember to subscribe and to share with your friends and family. We provide the podcast free of charge, but it isn't free to bring to you. 
So if you'd like to partner with us in continuing to bring you this content by supporting Faith and Fostering, please click the link in the show notes. Thanks for your support.